0: Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with me, your host, Stephen Wallace. Joining us on today's show is a man who will be at the heart of the action in the India vs. England Test Series, which begins on the 25th of January, the Barmy Army trumpeter Simon Finch. You can't help but feel energised listening to Simon, the professional musician known as Finchy, who along with his Barmy Army work has headlined at Glastonbury with Florence and the Machine, and work with the likes of Beyonce and Blur, to name just a few. Find out how Simon got his dream job with the Barmy Army, his musical background, his cricketing plans for 2024, together with his thoughts on the Indian tour, and much more, in All You Need Is Cricket and a Trumpet. To begin the pod, in proper Barmy Army fashion at the start of play, here's Finchie, with a piece of Jerusalem. And to end the pod, look out for the great escape. Happy New Year, Simon. Thank you very much, Stephen. Happy New Year to you. How was your Christmas and New Year? Christmas and New Year was,
1: I have to say, a lot better than last year's. Um, (laughs) I'll fill you in. Um, So last year's winter tour, as you everyone knows, uh, was to Pakistan, and there are lots of uh, challenges involved in that part of the world in terms of eating and all sorts of things. And I'm, I'm fearless with food, and I went fully native breakfast, lunch, dinner, and I have got through the whole three and a half weeks with no problems at all. Absolutely fine. Anyway, last day, packing my suitcase, just getting ready to leave on the flight next morning and then felt my stomach go, oh oh no. And, uh, (laughs) And then that was it. That was it. Well, I got home on the 23rd and then I was in bed, couldn't eat a thing at Christmas, didn't really didn't really rise from my pit until when I had a gig on New Year's Eve last year. So this year was a lot better than last year's. So, yes, all in all, a good Christmas.
0: And I've got to ask you, because I only picked this up the other day on video, that the film Love Actually 2003, did you get a chance to watch that again this Christmas? Do you know what? I've never actually sat down and watched it all the way through. (laughs) listeners, uh, uh, Simon was on Love Actually.
1: Yes, it's in one of the early scenes—the the wedding scene—and um, you have the musician suddenly standing up at the back playing uh, "All You Need Is Love."
0: And
1: I was one of the um, musicians that stand up at the back, but I got quite a big close up actually in that um, scene because I was at the back door. I was right by the by the by the church door, and about two two, two pews back from the rear. And Laura Linney, the actor, you know, one of the star turns in it, she comes in late into the scene. That's that's, that's part of the script. So a few would have to turn around and go, and and I gave her a bit of a, a, a juicy glare, just like, you know, <laughs> milking it, you know, as an extra. And then they, they they use a real close-up of my sort of like, what are you doing coming in your late face? But the other thing about that, very briefly, was I was sat for two days right behind Colin Firth, the actor. And bear in mind, that's a Christmas film but they shot it the previous year during August and it was shot in a church, in a church, small church just behind Park Lane uh, near shepherd market in London behind the Hilton hotel. And it was f- boiling hot, but we had to be dressed for winter. Um, and they wouldn't let us really adjust our clothing for fear of continuity errors when shooting. Uh, anyway, so Colin Firth was in front of me, but he had a little mini fan all day, which is very nice. You know? So he would sort of occasionally sort of turn around and he'd be chatting away. He's very friendly. Um, anyway, it came to, then we. I think it was the lunch break on the first day, about an hour off for lunch, and then he appeared back for the seconds for the afternoon session with a brand new red Duke's ball. <laughs> 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 Obviously, being the cricket fans, was. Oh, what? you got? You got a cricket ball there, uh, Colin. He says, Oh, yes, I've just been up to um, Spots of Lilywhites. I just, uh, the shop on um, those who don't know it was a big uh, sports shop. It might still be there, I don't know, on Piccadilly Circus. And he just nipped in there. I just, I've just been, because I'm opening the bowling for my local team at the moment, but I'm really unhappy w- w- with the quality of the balls. So I figure I'd start bringing my own. So <laughs> he got himself <laughs> like his own bespoke Duke's bowl from Lilywhites in the break. That was quite funny.
0: Oh, that way. Happen- yes, I'm in mean that film. Yeah, that would add a new dimension to the game if uh, if uh, Jimmy Anderson brought his own ball to the match, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And
0: yeah, so you were at Kira Ke- Knightley's wedding in Love Actually. Yeah,
1: I was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, I didn't. I don't look anything like this. Like n- no facial hair. I mean, what is it? 20, 20 years ago
0: now? Two thousand and three. Of... I had to check up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Twenty-one years ago. So yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of um, stuff has flown under, under the river since then.
0: Right. Well, on this podcast, uh, we're going to talk about your role as the trumpet player for the Barmy Army and your musical experiences. Uh, I'm sure you're going to tell me more, but we've had you've worked with Adele, Blur, Beyonce. You've been at the Glastonbury Festival. Uh, we're going to talk about your love of cricket and look ahead to the England tour of India, which starts on January the 25th. That's the first test, only the first of five. Oh, yeah. But to start with, you've just come back from uh, a tour of the West Indies during yeah. December, a nice place to be in December.
1: It uh, certainly was. It was certainly a lot more agreeable than where I was for the previous month because uh, I actually missed the first game of the, of the West Indies tour uh, in Antigua, the first ODI, because I was in uh, Sweden with uh, another band that I do, one of my regular gigs, which is called Johnny Cash Roadshow, which that's what it says in the tin. Um, Fantastic band, but we do quite a lot of work in Europe. And we finished the tour, end of the tour clashed with the beginning of the Barmy Army uh, trip to uh, the the, the Caribbean. And Chris Millard, my boss, very graciously allowed me to miss the first game. Um, And I came and (laughs) I left Sweden with the airport under about, 18 inches of snow and then came straight to the Caribbean. So as you can imagine, my suitcase was slightly a uh, bipolar, if you know what I mean. Well, <laughs> not bipolar, what's the word? Uh, yeah. Schizophrenic or something. It, it, was, yeah, it was, it was a suitcase with two halves. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it was amazing to be there. It was fantastic. I think that the, the Caribbean is the place to watch white ball cricket. It's the, it's, it's amazing. It's just beautiful because the grounds aren't that large. You have the vet each, of the islands has its own feel, um, but there is a kind of an overarching vibe to the whole to the whole occasion. The, the local fans, even though that you don't see so many as you would have done maybe in the eighties and seventies, are still very passionate about the game. Um, it's a great, obviously a great des- destination for us English Brits. Um, uh, it's well established in that area, um, but it was fantastic to be there. And wh- what was I found interesting was that. I, you know, I've, I really was not happy about missing the first game, but it's just the economics of the situation is just that oh, I have another, other gigs to do. Um, that's just the way it works out. But when I got there, but England lost the first game, obviously. Um, when I got there, and turned up at Antigua for the first, for the, for the second game, um, I was, it was just, I was so humbled by it, but it was just truly humbling the amount of people that came up to me and were just saying to me, man, we missed you so much. In the first game, um, because and I was like, "Why? Well, what, what, what? You know, because 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 no one sang, because there was no trumpet leading the leading the singing, and particularly on the when you have a white ball games abroad, we don't get so many of the old school Army Army that know the songs, all the songs, who they tend to save their hard earned cash for the red ball tours, um, and what with India being so close they decided to, to, to not, not, not some of them decided to come. So it, without the trumpet, no one was singing and there was, it wasn't even a Jerusalem. Um, and, and so many people was, <laughs> came up to me. I mean, people I didn't even know were just saying, Oh, you got the trumpeter. Oh my goodness. Oh, we everyone missed we, we missed you. Where were you? What's going on? We need some singing. Come on, get the singing going. So that was just amazing. And that kind of really, it, it gave me the, 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 the warmest of glows. Um, in my heart, and it really made me feel that you know I've really you know just that extra little glean of love for what I do, and all that all that
0: I can help with. It'll be a fabulous place for the T Twenty World Cup, then the Caribbean and the USA.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if I'll be going on that as of yet, because of the way things work with the, within the Birmingham organisation. It's, it's there's economic things to to take take to uh, take into account, and um, whether we'll be taking up many of our tour tall group with Barmy army Travel. Um, but yeah, I'd like... Please, please, I want to go back out there again with them. But it was a great series. I mean, it was good fun. I mean, I missed the first game and then the second game, second game, we won. Um, and so that was... Added a nice little kind of edge to the context, to the the kind of... The the, the, the nice comments I had from people before about not being there and missing me. Um, and then we went to... Obviously, went to Barbados. I mean, I mean Barbados for, 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 for day-night cricket is just... It's just amazing. It's the best. It really is fantastic. The atmosphere, there's, there's a lot of drums, a lot of music, a lot of great smells, a lot of sights. Um, everyone's having a great time. It's brilliant. Well, my um, friend
0: Roland Butcher who's often on this podcast will love to hear you say that Barbados is the place for a for a night uh, cricket match. I'll,
1: yeah, I'll, don't I, Yeah, for, for for a night game, yeah. It's just the best. It's fantastic. Really, really, really great.
0: And I got a photo of you from via my friend who I'm going to shout out, Roger Talbot, who, who like me, used to work for Barclays Bank. So, uh, Okay. Not a not a shout out then for Barclays Bank, but a shout out that Roger <laughs> met you at uh, the game in Barbados. Okay
1: did he did he mention your name?
0: I don't know. He should have done. So he got he sent me a photo of you and himself. So he was obviously yeah, more th- interested th- in getting a photo I, yeah, of th- himself with you, wasn't he? Yeah.
1: I think yeah, yeah. I think your name popped up. I think he mentioned it because I said, "Oh, you do you know uh, so from uh, do you know Stephen Wallace from uh, he a, a podcast? Oh yeah. So yeah, interesting. I meet so I meet so, so many people. That's the thing about cricket. Um, uh, that I've just that I've well being at the bar, me in particularly is that I've met so many fantastic people in walks of life um, that I would not normally come across in my world as a as a musician. Um, in my kind of, I don't like the word bubble, you know, because it's kind of it's got a slightly um, derogatory kind of nature to it. But in my in my scene in my circle, I'm either out working with musicians who um, have a kind of similar viewpoint, a lot of a lot of things you know, in terms of music and also politics and just outlook on life um or my family so it's not when I go out go out on the road with the with the barmy army I'm talking to so many fantastic people who do are very successful in all sorts of things whether it's their high flying solicitors or they run waste management companies or you know or they're old school teachers who've retired or whatever and you've all got fantastic stories to tell and uh, that's one of the great. That's one of my most gratifying things about being involved with the Barmy Army is meeting all the, the fantastic fans who just love cricket, who are just there spending particularly when you go abroad the people are spending a lot of money to go away and watch England abroad, and to have these people around, um, around us who just love cricket, um, it's amazing, it's brilliant.
0: So how did you get this job when with the Barmy Army then? I mean, Billy Billy Cooper had done it for fifteen years. Did, how did yeah. you find out Billy was going and?
1: Well, it was on Telly, wasn't it? It was on TMS and it was on Sky. Um I mean obviously I've been you have know, been a pro trumpeter for as long as Billy has. I mean, if not if not a little bit longer actually, because I'm a little bit older than him. Um But uh being a being a massive Test cricket fan since the age of, well, sixteen probably, fifteen, sixteen. Um uh I, I knew who he was i mean we're on the same scene he's more of a classical player than more of the classical scene to me and i'm all on the commercial pop jazz side um so how paths hadn't actually crossed we might have met in a pub a couple of times but we've also got lots of mutual friends so um i knew about billy i knew there was trumpet involved in barmy army and I was thinking yeah, i'd love to do that i just oh god i just love but of course he's not going to quit that is he i mean that's the best gig in the world and then uh-huh newsflash Billy Cooper has uh, decided to, to put away his trumpet with the Barmy Army forever. I was like, what? Oh, my goodness. Well, okay, right. What? Well, <laughs> there's um That would be just the dream. So I got in touch with Chris Millard. Oh, I just sent an email to info at barmyarmy.com. Um, it would have been probably January or, yeah, I think it would have late January uh, before lockdown. And Chris Millard sent an email saying, hello, my name's Simon Finch. Um, I don't know if you... I'm just ring I'm emailing about the the fact that Bill Cooper's stepped down and are you looking to replace him with another trumpet player? Have you got anyone in mind? If not, can I throw myself put no, throw my hat into the ring? And, and I've been in
0: love, actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've also been in Zingzilla's if anyone knows what that is, it was a, a, a CBeebies music, massive, like basically like men and women in, in massive, kind of weird animal suits. About mu- it was about a music show on, on CBeebies for many years. But anyway, that's another one. You can look it up on YouTube. It's there somewhere. Um, so I got in touch with Chris and 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 I said, uh, I said oh, by the way, um, here's a list of who I, p- I love test cricket. I love white ball cricket. I love cricket, blah, blah, blah. By the way, I've played with exit blah, 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 blah. What I've done. I sent a couple of links, I think, to YouTube clips of me playing with, I think one was Liam Gallagher. I think the other one was a clip of me playing with, might have been Blur. I can't remember who it was, might have been Blur. Uh, might be Florence and the Machine. Um, but Chris got, sent me an email back that evening saying, oh, hello mate, yeah, yeah, oh, no, we're looking. Yeah, we haven't got anyone in mind yet. Um, I'm in London next week, did you want to, uh, because the company was based in Sheffield at the time. Um, I'm in London next week to have a meeting with somebody. Do you want to get together for a coffee and have a chat about it all? <laughs> you can imagine, I was just, I was over the moon said so, yeah yeah whatever man yeah cool i'll see you next week so we had a chat got together met near king's cross uh in london had a coffee and a chat he'd sort of tested me out a little bit about what i knew about cricket just by casual chat like you had you and i did before the uh, we start recording um got on pretty well and then he said okay right well do you want to do this summer we'll try you out this summer <laughs> I was just like, my goodness. I just couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't have got my hat on. I was so felt so big headed, you know. <laughs> it was just fantastic. And uh then of course the great zombie apocalypse became upon us. There was
0: no summer, was there? No.
1: no there was no summer. There was no summer at all. There's nothing. Nothing for anybody. And uh that was it. And then I so I just didn't know what was, I didn't know what I was gonna do. There was just the it's just the kind of the waiting, waiting for it, for it, and you know, things, people change, people's priorities change, people change their mind about stuff. Other opportunities become apparent, and I was thinking, I hope I don't, hope they don't find someone else um, in this time. Um, but then I did a few Jerusalem's from my living room on the barmy Army Facebook page, like Facebook Live things. It was like,
0: hello. Uh, uh, I am Finchy, the new trumpet player, and uh, 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 uh dude,
1: Jerusalem there's sort of a Sky TV in the background on the the, in my living room at home, with a bit of, bit of a bucket, a bit a bucket hat on and stuff, and uh, and uh, yeah, did that like every morning of the of of each Test match, first Jerusalem of the day, because that's the tradition of those who don't know the bad about the bar. That's right. Yeah, actually, yeah. We always do Jerusalem after the first ball of every day, and after the first ball of each innings. So that's either once or can be three times that day, depending on depending on how uh, juicy the pitches. Yeah, so that was it, and then so he tried me out. But they they so that kept I kind of kept in touch, was doing a few bits and pieces with for them or um, during the whole lockdown scenario bits of recordings for the things we did a thing with um, on Saint George's Day we did a thing with Stephen Fry when Stephen Fry re- um, recited Jerusalem as a poem to camera and I overdubbed me playing trumpet in the background with him and that was a thrill you know because he's one of my heroes love Stephen Fry I mean who doesn't love Stephen Fry I mean he's amazing um to so did that and then the following summer it was the New Zealand series and it was the Edgbaston test um it was the big government uh testing event where we all had to show up with our with, with our papers and Proof of um, yeah, we
0: we're in tier- we were in zones, weren't we? That time, that's we?
1: right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we had uh, so anyway, they tried me up at, there at at um, at Edgbaston for the New Zealand game, and it was yeah, that was it. I was there, I was involved, and it was you know, it was brilliant. It was just the most amazing thrill ever. As I've said, you know, to anyone who will ask me, people say like you know, they, people say to me like they say, well, oh, you've you've headlined Glastonbury and we've. Florence and the Machine, you've done whatever, and you've, you know you you played with Kanye West and Jay Z and Beyonce and people like that. But what well, you know, I can honestly say, hand on my heart, that nothing comes close, ever, and I don't think ever will do. So that first Jerusalem, I played on that on that Thursday afternoon, um, Thursday morning, at Epsom. The feeling, the matter of the, the the fear, the nervousness, and immense pride. I felt at that moment was like I don't think I'll ever feel that again. Um, I've never, I've never felt nervous playing the trumpet since I was about thirteen. But it, I was shaking like a leaf beforehand because I know the, of, 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 I knew, I knew what, what it meant to everybody, and I had to get it right, had to get it right, just had to get it right. Otherwise, people were saying, "Oh, this new guy is not as good as Billy." You know, I mean, that, that obviously goes on. That, that, got, that went on in my head. You know. Mm-hmm. So you know it's all my it's all my own kind of like a psychodrama. But of course people do will be were comparing me. Um and and right and, and that's totally natural because people don't but you know it's it's something new and it means a lot to a lot of people. The Barmy Army and, and their love of cricket uh, it means it means so much means so much to them and, and I understand that they will be um a little bit, oh who's this guy? You know. But in all honesty it's not it's not been like that at all really. It's been amazing. The people have been so lovely and so welcome and so helpful. Um I've had so few naysayers, and they're usually drunk ones who aren't even in the Barmy army. They're just just people at the cricket because it's a, a day of drinking. That's the, only use, that's the only time I get any trouble. We
0: took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Oh
2: carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will i become senwa saga hellblade 2 play it now with game pass it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.
0: So what's your musical background, though? Just going back a bit. um, Have you always just played the trumpet or other instruments? No. I started, um,
1: I probably started, uh, well, it was when I was in infant school. I don't know if, did you ever play the recorder at school?
0: Yes, I did yeah, play the little, recording. Little, yeah, little, little, badly. Little, little yeah. Little yeah. black
1: thing with with, with, with cream coloured little mouthpiece. I um, used to get them free at school, um, and I got one of those. Would have been, a, I would have been five or six years old, maybe, and just kind of got into it. But it was a little, little bit of competition in the class. I remember it between a couple of my classmates who could who could go away and you could come back with, with a new song, you know, little, little ditty they've they've learned. So I started on that, and then I moved to then I moved to guitar. I played acoustic guitar for a little while when I been about seven or eight, a nine maybe, and then drums um still play a bit of drums now um in fact if i think if i had my way i would have been a drummer to be honest but my dad didn't want didn't like the idea of me having drums in the house so he <laughs> put the guy bush on that one
0: um, we, had love, and then, we had drums in love actually as well didn't we as well so the connection yes yeah yeah little boy liam liam neeson's son really i never thought i'd get liam neeson in a cricket uh, podcast no, no, there we have no
1: it no no or even love actually for that matter
0: yes that's right
1: (laughs) but then i started playing euphonium which is like a if i know it's like a sort of mini tuba so it sits on your knee and it's got three valves there and you hold it um for those who aren't who are listening to this i've got no idea what i'm talking about because i did lots of hand gestures but anyway so i played that but it was too big. And I was only nine years old or 10 years old. And it was too big to carry for school. So my dad said to me one day, hey, there's a chap at work who's selling a trumpet for 25 pounds with a case, two mouthpieces. Do you want to try that, son? And I went, yeah, dad, I'll have a go on that. And that was when I was age 10. And yeah, and then 40 years later, I'm here now. But that's how I started music. I mean, my dad was very, um, my dad, big fan of music. Never a musician himself. Not until I started playing when he started learning trombone, actually, with, his, with the British Airways brass bands. My dad worked for British Airways. And we grew up around the in the environs of Heathrow, um, Feltham, Hounslow, Ashford, Staines. That's where we, that was the area we lived. Um, and they had a very good, strong music program. So I had free weekly brass lessons at school. Um, and my dad loved jazz, big band jazz, that big band sound—the the Stan Kentons, the Buddy Riches, the Count Bases, you know, that kind of stuff. So I was very aware of how the trumpet sounded around me every day. And he was very supportive. Um, so, uh, and also mum used to drive me around to band practice. So my parents were very supportive. Um, so that, that's how I got into it. And I sort of went to all the bands in Hounslow, Borough, where I went to school. And then also then into Surrey County, which had, again, again a very strong music programme when I moved to Staines, Middlesex, um, which was, which, was, which came under the Surrey auspices in terms of education. So did that. Then I, then I joined the National, National Youth Jazz Orchestra, And then did that from about sort of 17 through to about 24, 25. On and off, then I went went to Leeds College of Music, did a degree in jazz, contemporary, and popular music, Um, and then finished there and then moved back to London in 95 to do a one year postgraduate jazz course at the uh, Guildhall School of Music and Drama in Barbican, London. Um, Yeah. And I'd always been. Jazz was kind of my, not my first love in music. When I was growing up, it was, you know, when you were a kid, very young, just listening to like stuff that's basically, it wasn't the City Rollers and stuff like that. And then I got into, then I got into the Beatles massively when I was about, I uh, would have been about sort of nine or 10, maybe, maybe even a bit younger. My mum had some Beatles 45s, so I put them on. All you need is love as well. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. full circle. Nice. But, yeah. I actually but, know some of the musicians that played on that original um big just recording yeah they, they'll, they'll, they're still they're all still going those old boys and then uh got it yeah so i got into uh that then i got into it got into jazz and then that was it really from and then i was into stuff like dire straits and i was in i was into kind of a, a little light orchestra and <laughs> like that as well the quite quite sort of big kind of epic kind of musical musical entities um but yeah that's it, really. I mean, that's, I've just been also, I mean, in music, I'm not just a trumpet player as well. I'm also, I'm also a produ- record producer. As you can see, I'm in my, those who are watching
0: yes. at all will see. I must I'll, put some of this on video. Yeah. Even yeah. It's we'll a very see, short clip. Yeah.
1: I, I will see around me, I'm in my kind of music studio, stroke practice room. I used to be a DJ as well. Back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I used to be a, a house DJ. The days of vinyl, two vinyl decks. As you can see, there's one there. Um, yes, and i've got yeah. my keyboard there and then behind the camera there's loads of equipment and stuff you can't see but yeah so i, I still produce I'm, I'm a record producer i make dance music and pop music plus i have my own project called schwa which is a kind of a, a sort of esoteric electronica project um but uh yeah so i've always been in you know i've i had a wide range of musical influences
0: so and, then how uh, did you get to be playing for or with blur uh you know adele uh Headlining at Glastonbury,
1: and through being part, through being a, uh, uh, how can I say, yeah, it's a question that people ask. That it's a kind of, it's a sort of parallel question to how do you get work as a freelance musician, and it's it's through a network of like-minded and fellow musicians um, that you get to meet along the way, and like for example, when you go to music college you uh you meet lots of people your own age in your year who are going to be professionals and you then you go in the professional professional world and then we start passing work around to each other so i got through through blur it was um through the saxophone player the news that they they replaced their brass set they want a new brass section um and the management got in touch with a saxophone player somehow i don't know how i still don't know what the direction was saying can you fix us a brass section for an upcoming project um, involving Damon Albarn um, and I knew the sax player well we, we were in the same we were in the brass section in the, in the West End show Jersey Boys together Like I did Jersey Boys for eight years uh, in the West End London I was in the pit of picture of that um, and he was the saxophone player on that and he said to he said, uh, oh um, just got been asked to do this Damon Albarn thing do you, do you fancy coming along and auditioning and so I'm like yeah sure absolutely so we got four brass players and then we went to the audition and they like said yeah okay you got the gig and it turns out it was actually Blur <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't we had to sign NDAs and all sorts of things it's very well, hush hush so that was how we got the blur thing so it's it's word of mouth um it's for having connections um connections built upon ability and affability I'd say as well
0: Skill. have you got a, a favorite night I mean how does it compare playing say at Glastonbury and for these famous artists and then you know being well I was going to say lords then but not lords but uh no, other cricket grounds no God, around Lord. the world <laughs>
1: Well, as I alluded to before, I mean, the original Jerusalem was like was like nothing else. It was just I'd, I'd never experienced it that kind of, that serious amount of joy, uh, fear and pride all in one. Um For me, Greatest Nights on stage are generally the ones that, that are the smaller bands, the bands that I've done and gigs in smaller venues when you can really feel the, you know, this hot, sweaty, you can really feel the audience right on top of you, the band's cooking, the band's grooving. Um, and it, the whole room is like one, one body just heaving together. Sometimes on, I must feel that, and I think a lot of musicians do, city session musicians who aren't part of a band as such, you've kind of, you brought in as a hired hand to augment the, what's already there, which is how I worked with Florence and the Machine, for example. I was brought in, um, to augment the brass section because she suddenly got the, the uh, headline gig. At, Gl- at Glastonbury and he just they want to bump up the brass section a bit so coming in on those well you're not really part of the organization as such although we did a few warm-up gigs for that you're not you're, you're kind of and it's all about the artists it's about Florence um you're just basically there to turn up, get it right first time, be a decent decent chap uh, be professional have, and be you know and get on with people and play the music well and then go put your invoice in get paid thank you very much. So there isn't that kind of deep connection with the music, whereas with bands that I'm in, like small bands that are just for fun, that's where the, that's where the heart really starts beating. And the same with the Barmy Armies. that's where it's my true love. It's 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 I've managed to kind of, somehow my life has turned into a, a place where I, I've managed to pull together my two biggest loves aside from my family, and that's trumpet and cricket. And so it's the best of both worlds.
0: and England have got uh, 17 men's tests this year and yep. and we also mentioned that your last summer you played for or played at uh, the women's ashes so how mm. many of those test matches and uh, women's games do you think you'll be playing at this year um i will be
1: doing right okay men's tests i will be doing 14 i reckon Wow. because lords always get two a year don't they that's right. Why, yeah. Don't know why they get two, but they get two. Um, and I'm not allowed in. There's no Barmy army activity allowed there. They don't allow. I don't let. I don't allow tour groups in. So apparently, but I'm not sure that's actually true. But anyway, cut. <laughs> uh, and Trent Bridge, trumpet is persona non grata at Trent Bridge for some bizarre reason. So, so you're
0: doing all the other 14 matches then? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's there's three of the home summer plus the other plus the away one. So you've got five in India, three in Pakistan, three in New Zealand, plus three at the home summer. And if my maths is correct, that's 14, isn't it?
0: I think. Yeah. yeah. And will you get to do some of the, the women's games? You did you do the women's ashes last year?
1: Don't know yet. I hope so. If there are any women's games, um, I, I do hope so, because I, I really enjoyed it and started to get, of course, a nice rapport going. And we had, with with the crowd, and the crowd appreciated it. And we had some new, had some new songs written for the, 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 the players which are great which is great because that's part of the Arby thing is songs are our songs the songs that we write um yeah so that so hopefully but it's gonna be a busy year
0: is it is it tiring you know six or seven hours playing a a trumpet
1: well I'm not really playing for six seven hours
0: I mean I'm present
1: mentally for six or seven hours a day and that I, that's actually kind of in some way more tiring and also there's there's the whole social side of it uh, shock horror <laughs> that goes on with with with, with uh, when you're away, when you're all away. Particularly, I mean, on test matches, you've got obviously four or five days, so there's something going on every night somewhere with some members of of, of the army. Plus, we also have um, our balmy bingo parties, um, which we had a great, which we were, which we have, and these these are the things that are tiring. It's what goes on after after the day, because I can kind of pace myself because I'm in control of what how much I play um apart from the odd little kick in the back saying come on finch you play so and right now you know oh sorry um so that's the tiring bit is 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 kind of keeping it on a five-day thing you know like uh, you know having you know doing the full day then having a few drinks afterwards and then some food and then some of the bit of socializing back first thing in the morning Got can't be late got to be there 11 a.m you know for, for, for every start, every day that that can be a bit tiring but actually playing the trumpet itself um not so much the most tiring part of playing the trumpet is when Mark Wood's in the scene, in, in, in the side and we're bowling because we do his song, Shake It Up Woody, which is the only song that we do that we play round and round in a loop for the entire over. Um, which is, which is it's based upon twist and shout uh, for those that don't have not heard it. And um it goes on and on and of course Woody's got quite a long run up <laughs> so it's a long walk back so the over takes a long time and then if there's a fielding change within the middle of the over at the middle of it I'm thinking oh god please chop off my list it's like um it's like a uh a, a, a deep burn workout for my chops uh a, a Woody song so that, that that that's when it you know that's when I, I earn my corn and moments like that
0: do you just know tunes which randomly we'll hear neighbors and eastenders coming out and things like that do you just know the tunes
1: yeah 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 i do i think it's just being being a a a musician and being coming from a jazz background when improvisation and and ear playing by ear um is is that the ability to play by ear is paramount and it's part of the job then yeah i could just if, if i know a tune if i know how if i could sing it i could definitely play it um pretty much sometimes it's just, I do get sometimes and I like to react with what's going on in the crowd. So for example, um, well, during the, the test series of 20, the home series of 20, was it was 22. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 22 with South Africa over. I had the, the South African fan touring party. I was hanging out with them and going over them playing Africa by Toto. Or when we were in South Africa for the ODI series earlier last year, um, there's a, there's a big South African tune called, um, Oh, Lashloppy. And, uh, so I, so I, um, I learned that tune just so I could go and hang out with the South African fans and get them singing and clapping and, and going along, trying to bring everyone together. Cause that's, that's what I really truly love and um, um, when I'm out there is bringing, bringing the, bringing people together. Cause that's one of the great things about cricket. You don't, I mean, obviously we have the tribal thing going on and, the partisanship of it. But at the same time, there's a mutual respect. Even the England Aussie fans, you know, it's, it's there's so much mutual respect. So part of my job is going across and make and make, making like the, the, the home fans almost feel like they're involved with what we're doing as the Barmy Army when we're away.
0: And the players love their different tunes. And do you have to practice new ones when we get new players as well?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the, the, the we have... Anyone is... Anyone is uh, able to, if anyone is able to write anything for a new player, all suggestions are gratefully received. Um, and you can post them on Twitter or send them, so, you know. And that it, can
0: yeah. easily happen now with touring parties. In this England oh, yeah. touring party, we've got new players, haven't we? And they could suddenly be in the side, couldn't they?
1: That's it. So, the, obviously, the challenge is is coming, because sometimes we don't know who's going to be in, who's, who's going to actually make the first 11 out of the squad. So, sometimes it, it, a player won't have a song for a couple of matches. And then, particularly on tour, when everyone's together, and you know you're having a few drinks afterwards, and it, someone will get someone will get the pen and paper out, or get the Apple Notes out, or whatever, and start going, right, we need a song for Ray and Ahmed. Right, any ideas? And then, and funnily enough, you know things just things just come. We've got a few people in the Bahami Army. Funtime Tony is one of the guys. Tony Emerson, he uh, he's one of the, m- the main authors of songs. We had a new song for Liam Livingston, which was contributed by just a fan uh, in Barbados. This, it was really good, which is based upon, um, it must be live, 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 do do madness. You know, must be love. And, uh, so we, yeah, so stuff is a challenge, but I don't really get involved so much in the songs, the writing the songs. I tried to, I'm not very good with lyrics, <laughs> I'm
0: good with melodies. Um, but yeah, I'm not a lyrics man
1: really. Well, I'd like to
0: be. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get that in because, um, I had a recent podcast where I spoke to Dennis Amos. um, who played oh, yeah. for England in the 1970s? I asked him, "Would he have liked to have um, played cricket with the Barmy Army having a, a tune for himself?" And this is what Dennis had to say: "Yeah, and that that would have been uh, terrific to, to play in front of. They really motive, motivate you and uh, give you give you a lot of encouragement. Um, and yeah, that 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 would have been terrific. I can only see." That good that the Barmy Armour would bring and uh, and great supporters and you know get behind you, uh, especially when the going got tough. A song, a song for Dennis Amis. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> have you got a, a favourite player, Simon, from the past who you'd like to have played a, a Barmy Army song for? Oh, an England player. Who, who my favourite England player? Um, do you know what? <laughs> that's
1: an interesting question. No one's ever asked me that before, and I've never even thought about it. Oh, there's. Uh, who are my favourite players? I mean, everyone loved Ian Bosem, didn't they? Well, that's just, just so obvious.
0: That would be a good one if we got an old England player watching a game, then you could play a Barmy Army song for a, an England player who's no longer playing.
1: Yeah. Well, we had. Um, we had. I and mean, we've had some posthumous. A couple of posthumous ones, not, not song, not lyrics, but tributes. When, like when, when, when the great Bob Willis passed, passed on and there was the, at the Blue for Bob events at Edgbaston. Um I always, and Bob had a great love of Bob Dylan and Wagner. So I always play a bit of Bob Dylan. In fact, there was a, a, a duet between myself and members of the Barrett army. They're English, they're Anglo-Indians not but they but they're they're of Indian heritage living in England England um we did a duet of um blowing in the wind for for Bob and also whenever we whenever we play Blue for Bob, I always play a bit of some bark and like something like that um but no, i can 't think of anyone i i just i mean if if I sat down and think about it you know
0: You've got the Sky commentators. They could all have a, you know, a. Although I suppose some of them probably have got their old ones, I think, because. Well, they uh, have, yeah. NASA Nasser, Nasser and Michael Atherton would have played with the Barmy Army, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was NASA, NASA Hussein. Everyone knows his name. He's NASA Hussein. <laughs> it's not exactly Wordsworth, but, you know, it got the job done. Um, but, yeah, there's some. But, but a lot of the early Barmy Army songs, I think, were. Obviously, the, the Barmy Army Spiritual Home is you know, in, in, in Australia in terms of, you know, the tours and a lot of the kind of funny ones, the really good ones uh, are, are aimed at the Australians. Um, some can't be repeated on air, <laughs> <That's laughs> but right, there, yeah. but, but there are some, I mean, some funny ones that the cleaner ones that are, that are, are properly funny, but uh Yeah
2: at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: But now India. First test, 25th of January. Last yeah. test finishes on the, in theory, the 11th of March. But knowing Baz it probably won't. Um But how much are you looking forward to India?
1: Oh, immensely. I'm leaving on the 22nd of January and going to be away until the Fourteenth or fifteenth of March. Uh, thank the Lord that I've got a very understanding uh, other half, and um, yeah, she's amazing. I mean, the fact that I'm away for seven weeks over seven weeks is just some is is just, just testament
0: to how great she is. Um, also- You've got a lot to travelling when you get there, haven't
1: you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, flying to Hyderabad. So, we've got Hyderabad, and then I'm getting the train across to Visakhapatnam a.k.a. Vizag which is on the uh, the east the bengal coast uh by bengal coast and then we go from there to Rajkot over in Gujarat on the west north of mumbai and then we go from there to Ranchi in in Jharkhand in in Jharkhand which is the hometown of Mahendra Singh Dhoni Ranchi and then we go from Ranchi up to uh, Dharamsala in the up in the north in the here was the foothills of the Himalayas further for the end of it Um, there's two back-to-back tests and then there's a long gap then there's a test then there's a sorry there's two back-to-back tests a long gap two back-to-backs a long gap and then a final test Um, yeah it's a lot it's a lot a lot of travelling
0: so what will you do in the long gap were you ah decompress
1: probably do some trumpet practice in a hotel room with a practice to kind of keep my face keep my chops in for when I get back So I've got a lot lot of work when I get back as well with with various bands that I do Um, but yeah when I do I've got See, my my other half's indian um and i might her, her aunt i mean her, her aunt lives in london but she's also got a place in goa and i think she might be she's probably going to be in goa in march so i might go and stay with her for, for five, 4 or 5 fly over to goa for 4 or 5 days and stay at her her, her apartment over there and go and see, go and hang out there for a bit on my own um or with anyone else who wants to join me <laughs> um so I'll probably do that, but uh, I'm going to spend two, on, on the, the big gap between Ranchi and Salah I'm just going to go up to Daramsala and spend that whole time there. So but I'll basically be there for two and a half weeks in in one in one spot, just because I know I've heard it's just the most stunning, stunning place. I mean, we've got a lot of Barmy Army coming out just for that test, a lot of interest um, for, for for that one. Um, I think we're taking out about, as, as part of Barmy Army Travel, I think we've got about 350 coming out with us who are, who are doing it across all five tests. Um, plus, there'll be the Barmy Army independent travellers who are members, fee-paying members, and get all the benefits, but they choose their own travel plans um, because they're very experienced in these things. Um, but then at Dar- and then Dharamsala, there's going to be a lot of people who aren't Barmy Army members, but are massive cricket fans who are going to the to Dharamsala test because on, on the, there's a Barmy Army in India Facebook group. And there's a lot of activity on there, and there's a lot of people um, just saying they're going to that one. So yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be quite something. Um, I'm looking forward to actually. I'll get a chance to meet some of Pretty's um, family out there. Um,
0: and you not, must make sure you don't lose your trumpet. Oh, oh! You heard about
1: the time in New Zealand?
0: Yes, the New Zealand cricket ball were good there, weren't they?
1: Are oh, they were amazing? Ever um, fantastic? For those that don't know, uh, we should probably most people actually. <laughs> <laughs> for the five of you that do know this story just turn off now um there we were in mount monganui and it's the it's of day night test wasn't it and um it was that third evening when Stuart oh no was it fourth evening third evening third evening when Stuart board under lights went rampant and i think bowled the first the first four wickets all out bold um so we we're up on the hill and like, and it was just we were going mental you know well. like, like, like a couple of hundred of us just in a in, in a clump on the hill going yeah, I was playing and whatever and then in the middle of it just some random lo- local chap kind of sort of youngest stag doish kind of vibe just steamed into the middle of us and then just grabbed my trumpet out of my hands and ran off with it um around, around the around the perimeter I was I oh, you know oh, I mean you can't even begin to imagine what I felt sudden was just immediate shock horror I was like, oi, oi. So like I just took chase and people were like, was what, he running after? And then, then some of the guys saw what happened. It was late in the day. He was a bit worse for wear. I think it was one of those things where he went to his mates. Hey, mate, hold my beer. What's this for a minute? And he went off and that was a bet, nicked my trumpet. But managed to run after him, was keen not to hurt him, but at the same time, wanted my trumpet back. Thankfully, it's all grass verges at Matt Munganui. So yeah, I've been it's he, one of the I grounds I've been to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. That, that's a fantastic. fantastic ground. Really, really beautiful. Followed him round, managed to trip him up, and he went f- flying forward, fell on the grass, but on top of my trumpet. And then a couple of army, the bigger army, army guys who'd seen what happened, came and helped me and held him down. But he wouldn't let go of my trumpet. He wouldn't let. Go. I was like, okay, mate, very, very, very funny. Give me the trumpet back. It was getting squashed and bent in this whole melee. Um, but at the same time, didn't want it. Didn't want it. He didn't deserve getting his. You know, teeth knocked out or anything, but for, for, for my trumpet, I mean, that's not. It's just you know. So it's like you know, he's trying to get the trumpet off him, but he wouldn't let go. It's like, come, on, mate, let go. It's like, no, 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 it's mine now. Sort of thing. I was just like, and then security came in, thankfully, and and carted him off and got my trumpet back. But it came back in a bit of a state. Um, I I, I went off just to the HQ across the road, just like just like crestfallen and really angry and hurt, and you know, just felt it was very, so unedifying the whole experience. And then, thank, then, um, i forgot his name. It's Henry Nichols, his brother. He's the head of the cricket and cricket New Zealand's, um, PR department, basically. And he got in touch with, with Chuck Adolfi, who works at the Barmy Armies, our social media, um, creator, content creator, and said, look, we're so sorry what's happened. It's just not, that's not our style. It's not what we do. Whatever we can do to help, um, get the trumpet back on the road, we will. And so, thankfully, I mean, we, we won the test. Next morning, flew to Wellington. There's a great trumpet uh, brass repair shop in in Wellington. Um, thank you, Facebook, for that. Facebook, high of mind, trumpet players around the world. Very, very grateful. Um, took it to them, and they managed to repair and get it up and up and running back to its pretty much original state um, within a day. And Cricket New Zealand gracefully paid for the uh, paid for the repair, which is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. That's such a class. That's such a class act.
0: And, uh, yeah. All but we powerful. lost the test, mate. Wellington. Yes.
1: Yeah. But you know what, though? It was such a good test match. It was that. It was such an exciting test match. I didn't have that. I didn't have that feeling of immense despair that I sometimes get at England losing matches it was it, the context of that game it, it, within the context of that game. Losing was not the most important thing. I don't think just to me, this is my own personal thing. I know it wasn't, i not, not everyone felt the same speaking to some of our members afterwards, but just the way also we, we, we pulled it out, almost pulled it out of the fire with Ben folks, magic, magic knock. And then he held out, didn't he sort of Cal cornerish and, and it was a bit, I was like, Oh no. And it was so close. It was so close. And it, and it, it was, even though it was just one, one run is just one run and it, it could have gone either way. And it will still been just just it's
0: just great game. So drawing to a close now, how are we going to get on in India? Is Bas? Do you like baseball?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. And I know people people get a bit. I know people can be a bit snotty, Well I'm not snotty, but just derogatory about the term baseball. But it's just a term that was. I think it was Andrew Miller of Crick Info who coined it, and and it's just a kind of a, a catch all phrase that covers the spirit of playing it doesn't necessarily refer to the bowling specifically or the batting it's more about an attitude and and yeah and i like this attitude after starting with the barmy army and watching i think 16 losses (laughs) uh, out of 17 or something like that i've forgotten what it was from my from my first time playing with the barmy army to stokesy taking over but yeah i haven't seen lots of disappointing matches Watching my first series away in the west indies that test series in 22 um yeah that was I mean, that was disappointing you know but yeah but yeah so i'm looking forward to it very much i don't know what's going to go on i mean we don't we don't know the thing about the barmy army it's all about it's unconditional support that's what that that's what the barmy how the barmy army started it was there's a certain amount of gallows humor in the fact that, that you know we, we were getting absolutely hummed by, by the expression, by the Aussies back in back in the mid-90s. And so the Barmy Army comes into its own when England's backs are against the wall because that's what we're there to do, to try and drive the team on to, 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 to greater heights. So whichever way it, it goes, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and it'll be the same in the summer. We've got some good, good stuff planned for the summer as well.
0: Thanks very much, uh, Simon, for being on the paddock and the pavilion. Have a, have a fantastic time in India. Uh, keep hold of that trumpet Uh, have a fantastic uh, 2024 you've got as you say 14 test matches you've got women's matches Uh, you might even get to that uh, T20 World Cup you never know and you've got to fit in some some gigs as well
1: I have yeah I mean the summer's going to be busy anyway because we've got you know we've got uh, the home summer, and I know the thing about the Barmy Army is we, we're trying to try to bring that that sort of away tour experience to the home fans with some of our events. Like we've got our Barmy Bingo events up and down the country um, for, uh, after during ev- most of the test matches. Um, we had one of those in Barbados, which was just legendary. If ever, anyone wants to go to our social media feeds and look at Barmy Bingo Barbados, I mean it was absolute scenes. It was fantastic. So we've got that, and then we've got then we'll, we're also planning now for the ashes in twenty five twenty six because it's because of the how, how amazing the series was last year um that we've had a lot of interest already
0: from yeah fans of course no one who, no one could go last time as well that's we
1: right who, who want to go out so what we've done is um is that we've done this new they've got this prepayment thing so you can actually you can if you're interested in coming on tour on to, to australia but you know honestly it costs a fair bit we're doing this pre-payment plan where you pay a little deposit um and then you can paying installments right up until the departure date and you can pay it at your own pace um we've had a lot of interest with that and we've even got some bookings from that so that's the sort of stuff that's what we're looking forward to in the you know in the future so it's not just about this summer it's about planning you know two or three years in advance because you can do that with test cricket because because you see the fta you know the field the future tour program you know so that's great
0: you look like you've got a, a packed tour yourself uh thanks very much for, for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion My pleasure. Thank you very much, Stephen.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.